Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. Have you enjoyed what you feel this morning in the house of the Lord? Let's give the Lord a hand clap and thank Him for His presence. He's a good God. He didn't have to show up this morning, but He showed up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. Go with me to the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, and you can remain seated while we're reading this morning. My text is a bit lengthy. Can you handle a few minutes? I understand and know that I stand between you and dinner and I was down at Mama's last night, and I happened to notice that roast wrapped in tin foil. That's usually accompanied with rice and gravy, mashed potatoes and acre peas. Are we having biscuits today, Mama, or crackling cornbread? Biscuits and mayhaw jelly. Praise the Lord. So I won't keep you long if you'll just help me preach. Praise the Lord. Do you remember... When preachers used to preach about heaven, I need some help for some elder saints in here. You remember when preachers preached about heaven and preached about hell and preached that Jesus was coming back? I remember and I still enjoy listening to the stories of some of our elder saints, and I say that respectfully in this little white building that used to stand over here about preachers that would come by and talk about the soon returning of Jesus Christ. They talked about hell and how hot hell was so so much so that you could smell the smoke in the building and you didn't wait for the altar call. You, you didn't wait for the conclusion of the sermon but you made sure that you found your way to an altar of repentance because you wanted to be ready because it could be this very night that Jesus is coming back. Somewhere along the way, the church, and I I say this respectfully and I'm not casting any stones because I myself live in a glass house, but somewhere along the way we have lost the fact and the purpose that we're here on this earth for. We're just pilgrims passing through a land. This world is not my home and I'm looking for the soon returning of Jesus Christ. Sister Yavane, I say this respectfully and I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing in the world, but I'm assuming that you've lived for the Lord for some 50 or 60 years. How long have you heard that Jesus is coming back? For 50 or 60 years. All of us in this house has heard that Jesus is coming. Well, I believe he's coming back like he said. And as the church, with everything that's going on in this chaotic world, we've got to find ourselves in a position and a place to be ready. Because Jesus is coming. And we're going to read from the book of Second Peter this morning, chapter 3. And I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes from this subject. Nothing to fear. 
2 Peter 3 and 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance, that ye be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as there were from the beginning of the creation. In other words, we've heard it over and over and over again, but this world just keeps on turning. It just keeps on moving. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men but beloved in other words but church don't be ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as of a thousand years and a thousand years as one day so a thousand years on this earth is just one day to the Lord. So that tells me if I live to be that average age of 80, my lifespan on this earth is just mere hours in the sight of the Lord. This world, this life is but a vapor, ladies and gentlemen, and I know I'm preaching to the crowd this morning, but time is short. Our life is like a smoke signal just drifting away in the whirlwind, and we've got an obligation and we've got a commitment to make to the Lord because verse 9 says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all, everybody say all, All should come to repentance, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with permanent heat. The earth also and the works are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Pray with me. Lord, I love you. So thankful for the spirit that we have felt in this house. I'm asking that as a congregation, you touch our hearts and our minds. Let this word insinuate itself into us. Open my heart to receive it, Lord. I ask you to help me not be just a hearer, but a doer of your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. We look around the world today and we see chaos on every front, ungodly people, sin running rampant everywhere you look. It would seem to one that serves the Lord to think that Satan has already unleashed all of his wickedness upon the earth. There there are a lot of scary things out here today and if we're not careful as Christians, as born again children of God, we can get caught up in in the media and, and be overwhelmed with not only the problems of our own life, but the problems of this world. But I've come to tell you this morning that we as born-again children of God does not have anything to fear. With fear running rampant, with people not knowing where their next meal will come from, with people today not knowing if they've even got a job to go to tomorrow, we do not have to fear. There was a newspaper headline recently stating that everything is spinning out of control. And the writer was implying the sediment to the old game of pin the tail on the donkey and his suggestion was that we pick out the worst problems of the world and we try to deal with them first. Well, quite frankly, I would don't think there would be enough tales to pin on all of the problems that this world has today. 
I recently read an article in the New York Times printed said, Are you ready for the next disaster? All natural disasters in the last few years have been preceded with headlines such as unprecedented or record-setting. We know that we had a hurricane in the panhandle last year that wrought havoc on that particular area and our state. And this may sound depressing this morning, but I want you to keep listening. This isn't just a gloom and doom message. I'm going to get to the good part in a minute. But today, prices are skyrocketing and banks and the stock market are so inconsistent that we don't even know where to put our money at, where it'll be safe. Living costs, the cost of providing for your family, health insurance, and anything else that you can think of is becoming almost unaffordable. Everyone is in a panic over the trade issues in our country, particularly with China. There seems to be no answer for all of the problems that are in this world. Iran wants to destroy everyone, it seems, and they want to wipe Israel off the map. We are entering into another election season, and all of the presidential candidates want to add a sense of order to all of this, and they have their own solutions. But no one has the slightest idea if any of these will ever work. And furthermore, Furthermore, hear me today that God himself is maneuvering this world for his greater force. Nothing, nothing that transpires in this world is taken God by surprise. Matter of fact, we can elect who we want to elect. We can put in Congress who we want to put in Congress. We can put in the White House who we want to put in the White House. But nothing takes place without God himself orchestrating this. And I understand and I do pray for our leaders And I pray that God would guide them and give them wisdom. But nothing they do or say matters very little when Jesus splits the eastern sky and comes back to take us home. Just stay with me for a few minutes. I'm not trying to bring politics behind this desk. And again, I'm not trying to paint your world gray. But I am preaching truth. And I'm preaching from this book. And there are things that are taking place in this world, ladies and gentlemen. And I respectfully say we better get prepared for Because if you're not grounded in truth... If your feet are not on a sure foundation, you will not withstand what hell and all of this world is going to bring against us. We live in an age of risk assessment and risk analysis when doomsday scenarios have become daily anxieties and planning for the improbable. But world-changing events have become a, a disaster. We have policies for disaster. We actually plan for things to happen. Not if they will happen, but when they will happen. Our government is constantly urging us to plan for the next catastrophe. Nobody, nobody said it would be easy to be born in such a time as this. There's a lot to be concerned about. And for those that are unsure of their future, it would be downright scary if I wasn't living for the Lord. But I have good news today for somebody and maybe just a little bit different perspective. Maybe what the 21st century is all about is this great unraveling of some things that we have long been taken granted for. The Bible indicates in our text that right before the Lord's return, many things will spin out of control. Most People will scoff or laugh at that suggestion that Peter predicted. It does not help to have church pulpits today silent on issues that relate to the end times and some of the things that will unfold. This We're, we're not looking to the end times, ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're not planning for the end times. We're in the end times. And if, if you haven't realized that today, I would suggest that you strongly get into the Word of God and go to your prayer closet and ask the Lord to help you with what's about to take place. I'm all for preaching and teaching. Please hear me this morning. I say this with a, the most respect. 
I'm all for preaching and teaching grace and the mercy of God because He's a good God. He's a graceful God. He's a God of mercy. He restores. He heals. But it's high time as the church we call sin for what it is. Sin. There is a heaven. There is a hell. And someday, someday, ever contrary to popular belief, everybody's not going to heaven. It's a sad state that we live in where everybody thinks that they can live how they want to, do what they want to, say what they want to, but everything's going to be all right because they're all going to make heaven. I'm confronted almost on a weekly basis in our prison ministry when some individual will say, Brother Jerry, you, you open your sermon with grace and love and mercy, but you ended that we're going to hell if we're not saved. What kind of God can love and send you to hell? And my answer is always the same. God's not sending anybody to hell. If I spend an eternity in hell, it will be a decision that I've made. He's made a way of escape. There's a plan of salvation in this book that we have. But we will be judged from this book. There's coming a day where I'm going to stand before my maker. He's coming back. And when he comes back, he's taking this book back. And it's from this book that I'm going to be judged. And my life is going to be played out in front of me. And it will be at that point, if I've made the right decisions in my life, where I'm going to spend an eternity. Whether I'm going to walk on streets of gold or whether I'm going to burn in fire and brimstone. And nobody today wants to talk about burning in fire and brimstone. But I'm telling you, there's a world that's going to burn. This world will be burned up and everything that we think we know won't be here because Jesus is coming back. But we have nothing to fear this morning. Titus 2 and 11 said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of a great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Now watch this. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Pay close attention. Speak about it. Talk about it. Sing about it. We don't talk about the rapture enough. I'm not casting any stones at anybody that's been behind this pulpit I'm to blame as much as any and I'm not being critical but I'm merely saying this morning we are in a direct conflict with verse 15 when we don't talk about the coming of the Lord it should be on our lips every day every day Jesus is coming back Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 9 even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not, pay attention here, they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now that's strong. That's strong. But it's in the book. It's in the book. Some churches today are more concerned with trying to imitate signs and wonders that they forget to preach about the gospel. They forget to preach about the plan of salvation. They forget to preach about the return of Jesus. I want to be careful here, but there, you know, there's churches all across 
our country. And, the, and I think the theme is to turn the lights down low and, you know, and have some fancy light show flickering. And I, I, I get it. I understand it's to, it's to draw a crowd. I, I get that. And it's to come as you are, you know, to dress any old way. And let me preface that by saying I think we ought to wear the best we got to the house of the Lord. If that's a pair of overalls, the Lord understands that and that's the best we have. But we have churches today preaching that you can live any old way you want to live. Act how you want to act at the hardware store. Treat the lady behind the desk at McDonald's any old way you want to. You just show up on Sunday and stop at the kiosk with your giving card and and it's right next to the donut station and everything's going to be all right. But ladies and gentlemen, we, we've got to stay on guard because Paul's not, he, he's addressing the Thessalonians. He's not talking to a bunch of sinners. He's talking to the church. And he said, church, beware. Beware and stay on guard and talk about. Our eyes have been taken off the true prize. Paul said in Philippians, I press. I press toward the mark. Now there's a misconception or a misunderstanding that there's something on earth that Paul's trying to obtain. And that's not so. He's reaching upward to heaven. He's pressing toward heaven. He's trying to make heaven his home. That goal is not an earthly kingdom as some would believe. But Paul says we're going heavenward in Christ Christ Jesus. Much of the church today is sleeping. We're waiting on God to come down to earth. I showed up. Now I'll sit here, God, till you show up. Waiting on God to come and show out and do something. And I'm all for the presence of the Lord. Nothing's greater than what we have. You will go nowhere in the world and find anything better than what we have felt here this morning. And I'm not saying that we can't have some measure of kingdom on the earth. That's not what I'm implying. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be peaceful and content. And we should be happy and use our time on earth wisely and enjoy it. Jesus himself said, I come to give life and give life more abundantly. So I I believe and I'm confident that means Christians can and should be happy and productive on earth. If I'm not happy, how is anybody going to see him through me? If, If I'm not happy, how can I represent him? How can you ever expect to be a light when you look so dark all the time? I'm, I get amused at Facebook and Twitter and Chatter and whatever else is out there. And in the morning they're posting scriptures and how good God is. And that evening you can go on that same little spot and you can find out who they cussed out that afternoon now how the sad thing about that is is there's church people doing it and you tell me give me an explanation of how brother Donnie is going to win that man at work when he's seeing my post on Facebook and knows that brother Donnie goes to church with me he don't want what I got I don't know what kind of Holy Ghost I got, but he don't want none of that. We, we've got a purpose. I, I had an, I'm not meddling, but I had an individual just tell me last week. He was in Publix. 
and I'm not picking on the ladies, but they passed a holiness lady. Moved out of the way from her, and this was hundreds of miles from here. Moved out of the way of the aisle, spoke, and she kept her head down and would not even acknowledge. This is an unsaved person now, by their own admission. They get a couple aisles over, and this woman has bumped into one of her appears-to-be church-going friends. They laughing and jihawing it up. Comes time to check out, and they're behind this lady. And she gives the cashier a fit. She chews her out about some, something she got wrong on her ticket. Now how? How are we going to win people to the world? How, how are we going to win people from the world when we can't even conduct ourselves or act right in public? And I'm not, I, I'm not talking about putting on a front or a show. If you're full of the Holy Ghost... There should be no reason at all. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. Now, we all have bad days. I run over a stump last week and knocked a hole in a $400 tire. Had the man come fix it. I run about one hour. I was in Georgia and run over a deer horn and punched a hole in the same tire again. I jumped off that track and I said, thank you, Lord, for this day. We got a world to win. We're supposed to be on our way to heaven. Paul said, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard. We can't even begin to imagine what God has in store for us. Yes, honor this life on earth. God has given us a gift. But we should not be so much in love with our lives that we lose focus of the prize. Jesus said himself, the man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I'm coming to a close here. This world is not my home. But while I'm here, I'm going to do the best I can to be like Jesus. I I stumble and I fail, but I'm going to get up every day and try. And what that means for me is that I am in submission to God's will for my life. And if I am lifting Him up, then He's drawing men unto me. Jesus is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. Would you stand with me? There, There are hurting people. Hear me in closing. There are hurting people that need to know the truth. Not some watered-down version of a frail little old Jesus that was hung on a cross. And I'm not diminishing the cross. Please don't misunderstand that. Yes, He loves. Yes, He saves. Yes, He restores. Yes, He is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me in my life. But again, He's coming back. And when He comes back, the, the times to get right... The times to run to an altar is over. Because like I said earlier, he's he's taking the book back. And every man, every woman, every child in this room is going to be judged from this book. And I want to be ready. I want to make heaven my home. And church, if we stay ready, Jerry, how do I stay ready? You get up every day and you give everything you got for the kingdom of God. 
and he'll keep you ready. If we stay ready, we have nothing, nothing to fear. Can we lift our hands across this house? Father, I love you and I'm so thankful for your grace and for your love. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.